Hi, so as you know, I'm Keith, this is my dad Kerwin, and my uncle Craig, and my uncle Chris. They're all here for a special episode. I know we're all in different areas, but, and I got an AV headset now. <laughs> but welcome to our exciting episode featuring three friends who've been united by their love for Star Wars for nearly four decades. Meet Christopher Petty, Craig Samuel, and Kerwin Yard. These friends have experienced the Star Wars franchise together since their childhood days watching the original trilogy in theaters. In this interview, you'll get to know their unique friendship and how Star Wars has played a major role in shaping it. They'll take you on a journey through personal and professional lives, sharing their experiences growing up in Brooklyn, their time as acolytes in the church, and their individual paths that have led him to where they are today. But it's not just about reminiscing. They'll also discuss their thoughts on the future of Star Wars and the franchise's efforts to promote diversity. So join us now, grab your lightsabers, and let's discover together the ways in which Star Wars has brought these three friends together for nearly 40 years. Applause. There's, there's about to be applause. I'll just put it in. All right, so here's the introduction to our guests, Uncle Chris. Christopher Petty is a Brooklyn-raised entrepreneur and motivational speaker who combines his background in film and visual communications with his expertise in personal development and well-being. Through his speeches and videos, Christopher aims to empower individuals to lead a more purposeful and fulfilling life. Craig Samuel, Uncle Craig. As a renowned chef and restaurateur hailing from Bedford, Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, New York, he begins his culinary journey by studying at New York's Art and Design High School and later at Temple University. His passion for the restaurant business was further fueled while working at Philadelphia's Frog Commissary and studying at the restaurant school at Walnut Hill College. He went on to get experience at some of the most highly regarded restaurants in the world, including <laughs> Georges Perrier's Le Bec Fin and Les Garde and Michael Rostang in Paris. In 2006, he and his partner Ben Grossman opened the Smoke Joint, Brooklyn's most notable barbecue restaurant, and went on to open the Peaches Family Restaurants. Craig is a regular judge on the Food Network's Chopped and Beat Bobby Flay and has made numerous appearances on other food shows. And lastly, my dad, Kerwin Yard is a financial professional with decades of experience in the wealth management and financial services sectors. He's currently an assistant vice president in investor services for an international financial institution where he works with high net worth clients. In addition to his professional pursuits, Kerwin is also the co-host of Fathers and Galaxy, a father and son podcast and YouTube channel, which he created to share his experiences and insights of Star Wars, Marvel, and nerd culture alongside his son, Keith. Thank you. Beautiful introductions. Thanks. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. All right. So the first question, tell the audience a little about yourselves. Who wants to start? I'll let Chris start. Go ahead. Who's on, who's on the screen? That's me. <laughs> well, this is um, hello. This is Chris Petty, and I knew these two wonderful individuals growing up in Brooklyn, New York. 
we were actually um, together as youngsters in our church, basically brought in by our parents. And it's been a wonderful trip ever since then. Um, being able to grow together, um, hurt together, rebound from different obstacles, and to see each of us um, de de develop into the men that we are and then looking at our own children today is quite an accomplishment. And I'm so proud to, to know these um, individuals and to be able to say that Star Wars has been at the forefront of that development is absolutely and definitely true. It, it basically um, is, is that power that binds us together in the universe. And um, we'll talk about it more, but I, I definitely appreciate what it means to have these men as my friends. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a great introduction, Chris. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to echo what he said. I mean, I've known these guys for three decades and more. And, uh, you know, we've laughed together, cried together. We lived together. I've lived with each one of these gentlemen separately. Uh, and it, we just really had an amazing journey. And I think there's, there's quite a few years left to our lives. So we're, we're going to keep, keep going on the journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, to, to agree with both, uh, Chris and Craig. Yeah. We, uh, we are all immigrants, uh, for the most part, you know, we come from a West Indian background. Um, I was born in Barbados and I moved to the United States when I was under a year old, um, and lived in Brooklyn, uh, for most of my life. And, um, my parents were looking for a church home and my dad, uh, the story goes, you know, he was just walking along uh, Bushwick Avenue and he passed by a church named St. Thomas Episcopal Church. And he went back to my mom and said, well, we can try, try out this church. Um, and we did. And that is a, a, a community of West Indian uh, immigrants as well. Um, so we fit right in. And, you know, my parents are um, still members of this church to this day. So, and, you know, so I, I thank the church for bringing our, us together, you know, because um, we needed that church. And if we didn't have that church um, growing up in Brooklyn, who knows where we would have been, you know? So it was, we understood what community meant um, being a part of that church and the church makes sure to not forget their young people. Um, well, we may talk more about it uh, a little bit later, but they, they looked out for the young people and they made sure that we were not on the streets getting into trouble, um, you know, just, uh, you know, making friends and, 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 and staying grounded, you know, about what the, you know, the church is about and, you know, learning about God and um, his purpose for us in our, in our lives. And it, our relationship is the longest relationship I have with anyone. So we're talking about more than 40 years. Um, I've known Chris since I was 10. Craig, um, maybe about a few years after that, maybe when I was uh, 12 or 13, um, but definitely by the time we went to see uh, Return of the Jedi in 83, you know, so we were very good friends and we're still friends to this day. And the funny part is you all got, you all got like a cut sound in your names, Craig, Chris, and Kerwin. Yeah. It's just yeah. the alliteration is getting to me right now. 
it confuses a lot of people. It confuses me sometimes, you know, so I, you know, I, I get it, you know, but yeah, the you're irony right. that you all became friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I never noticed that cut thing. There we go. Yeah. I, I get mixed and then up. Keith, I, mixed I don't up know if I count, but you know, there you go. You'll, you'll be, you'll, you'll, be on, you'll be the honorary cut. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the next question about being friends, how did you become friends? Well, it, it for me, I met these two guys who already knew each other at St. Thomas, like Kerwin said. And uh, every Friday night we would go to uh, to the, the, the youth group and we just I mean, we just did everything. We had an amazing uh amazing minister there who would take us to see movies and we'd hang out, we'd go to diners. Uh, we would just talk about all sorts of things. And he was really, he and the organist uh, were, were two like real forces in our life. And they, they really, uh, I think, solidified our friendship. We would have had a normal friendship like anybody else has, but because of uh, the structure that we had with these two really influential men in our lives. They took us so many places that we had all of these opportunities uh, for bonding that probably made us uh, stronger friends than had we just been hanging out together on the street. Um, yeah. to, to expand on that, um, the men in our lives were truly notable because they went above and beyond their calling. And I think um, that strengthened um, our development. There's been times when um, my parents weren't able financially to, to um, take off to go on regular family vacations. And the same individuals that Craig um, spoke of, um, one of them in terms of being an acolyte leader, um, volunteered to take Craig and I um, with him on his vacation that he was going with with his um, grandson um, because of the relationship that, that um, we built and just the type of person that um, he was. Um, and to be able to to do that, to go away um, for that week, was just something you you really couldn't you know buy or or expect. It it changed my life in terms of how I saw the kindness and the love that you know is in people's heart. Say whatever you want to say about you know, the fathers um, in the world and, you know, not being around and the men um, not um, stepping up to be all that they can be. But we've had real examples of men stepping up and being part of our lives. And that has definitely shaped um, who I believe we've become. And there's many more stories that we can mention of other individuals who you know, helped us out when we needed it, gave us advice to where it's now the turnaround we give back. Um, there's been times when um, Kerwin has spoken to my son in terms of his development and his questions of 
you know, the financial industry and um, Craig and his wife in terms of reaching out to my daughters and people interested in the culinary industry and just life in general. So we've all kept that, you know, upbringing and now we're giving it back in terms of what can we do to help out and to share with individuals. So it's it's an amazing um, life that, that we've lived and I wouldn't change anything from knowing these two. Yeah, yeah that, that's a very good point, Chris. Um, we spent a lot of time uh, in church, you know, you know, we say acolytes, but if you're not familiar with the term acolytes, uh, you know, if you think of a Catholic church, we were choir boys or, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, where, you know, we, you know, wore robes and we, you know, would help out in the service, you know, it's a, um, you know, the services can be very regal and is, 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 uh, you know, routine. And, um, so we were a part of that, you know, just helping out, uh, with the service, you know, making sure the service flows the way it's supposed to, uh, but yeah, but there are many, many leaders in the church, men and women who mm-hmm. made sure that the young people did not fall by the wayside. They wanted to make sure that we were busy doing something. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we were, Alta boys, I said choir boys, but I meant altar boys or acolyte. Um, yeah, we made sure that we stayed busy. I mean, we were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, you know, doing something. Sometime. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes Thursdays, yeah. Um, but yes, you're, you're, you're right. We we needed um, that structure and we, and we got that. And I don't know how many um, young people out there have it now uh, who, who are blessed to have it the way we did. Um, but yeah, um, you know, we have a lot of people, you know, we're not going to go through everyone, but, you know, people that we can thank, you know, for making sure, um, you know, we stay out of trouble, as I said before. Um, my, my family didn't really have enough money to take elaborate vacations. So our vacations were on were uh, our picnic rides with the church, you know, going to amusement parks. Um, the, bus, the bus trips. Yeah, actually, yeah, absolutely. The bus trips, you know, so Bear Mountain. I we went to, to Canada together. Uh, we, did. We, we saw Montreal. James Bond in Canada on opening That's week. That's exactly true. So That's exactly true. And it's funny you mentioned that because I have that exact picture of the two of you. I took a picture of, of you two standing in front of the bus when we were in Montreal. I have to look for that picture. But yeah, so we were uh, 13, no, 15, 14, yeah. 15 at the time. 14, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's amazing. But yeah, so I look forward to it. You know, that was, it was fun for me. You know, it may sound boring to other other kids, you know, who are listening to this, um, but that's who we were, you know, and um, that was our life. And like Chris said, you know, I would, I have no regrets and I would not change it for the world. So how did your shared love of Star Wars bring you closer together, if at all? Craig? Well, you know, I'll say this. Uh, I saw the very first Star Wars with uh, another friend of mine. I mean, Chris and, and Kerwin both know uh, an, my, my oldest friend, actually a guy that I've known longer than, than them, uh, Earl Blaze, who should be also be on this call. But uh, <laughs> I didn't even know what Star Wars was. And I think I was seven. Came out in 76, right? 77, yeah. 77, I was seven. And, uh, you know, he goes, I want to go see this show, Star Wars. And I said, I don't know, what, what is that? 
And uh, we went and I walked out changed because, and, and I know that like younger people today won't really be able to, you know, to understand this, but there was nothing like that back then. Like nowadays, there's a million things to watch between Netflix, it's, you know, Amazon and Hulu and movies. And it just, it's just, you're, you're flooded with content. But back then, there was nothing like Star Wars. You know, a couple of like, you know, uh, movies about space and you could sometimes see the string holding up the spaceship that like flew across this, the, the, you know, the screen and, you know, they might as well have been doing sound effects with their mouth. Pew, pew. But then to watch. Well, they were. <laughs> they were, right? But then to watch Star Wars and just go, oh my God, this is real. Like you felt like you could walk into it. And it's funny, if you watch it now, you know, you chuckle because it's not quite that amazing. But back then, it was far and away greater than anything I'd ever seen. And we walked out of there, and we were both changed. And, you know, Earl is a Star Wars nerd as well. Uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years, and at this at that point, Chris Curran and I were, were going, hanging around and doing everything together. And we just went ahead and saw uh, the other two of the, the 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 original trilogy together, and you know, I, you every show that we saw was like a, a, a like quantum leap from the previous one. You would see the first one, and you know they were wearing the funny costumes, and you know Chewbacca's uh, suit looked itchy, and. <laughs> By the time the second one came around, it was like, boy, they really got the hang of, of these characters. Stormtroopers looked a little more, you know, uh, put together. And it just, everything looked a little sharper. And then you looked at the third one, you're like, okay, this is real. I could ride those motorcycles, those flying motorcycles. This looks real, you know? And of course, now when you watch them, it's like, okay, this is absolutely real. I want to go to Tatooine, you know? <laughs> But uh, like that, that was our beginning. And, and, and that was our, that was my Star Wars arc, you know, with these guys. As the later films came out, I think we saw them separately. Uh, but, but it was that, that three movie arc when I was bonding with my first friend, Earl, who like, I, I think you would all consider him an extended friend. And these guys here. Um, and we always felt like characters in Star Wars at that at that age. Like, I, I mean, I was Han Solo, always. And, you know, Kerwin was, was Luke Skywalker and Chris was Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris was Darth Vader. Uh, but, but Dad would have been Darth Vader. He acts like it half the time. He, oh, well, that's how he acts to you, all right? Well, uh... That's how he acts to you. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was my Star Wars. That was my Star Wars experience. Okay, can you share some of your memories of seeing Return of the Jedi at I believe it was a Lowe's Astro Plaza? Yeah, I, I can um, do that one. Yeah, let let me start with that because um, that's the one that I remember the most. That that was, you know, I've I've said the story so many times. I know Keith has heard it so many times. He can yeah. probably tell you the story himself. And but, uh, um, it gets old. <laughs> yeah, it, when you hear but, from the same person's point of view so many times. 
Uh huh. That's true. That's true. But I remember that day like it happened yesterday. Um, so I, I do recall that the three of us um, made plans to go see Return of the Jedi. I picked out the movie theater because I wanted to make sure that we saw it at a theater that had Dolby surround sound. So that was the big thing at the time. Like you had to go see it on a big screen. You had to have the surround sound because, you know, it's Star Wars. You had to hear everything. So rather than see it in a theater in Brooklyn, I said, okay, well, we need to go to Manhattan because those are where the best theaters are. So I picked out Lowe's Astor Plaza. Uh, so, you know, the three of us got on the train, you know, we, you know, um, so either Ralph Avenue or Rockaway Avenue station. But if, you know, if you're from Brooklyn, you would understand. But um, if you're not, you know, from Rockaway Ave down to 42nd Street, well, up to 42nd Street in Manhattan on a local train, is a little over an hour would you say about guys 50, about 50 minutes. it's about 50 minutes yeah 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 so it was a long train ride but we were excited and then we got there got to the theater there was a long line already just to get tickets so we got to the, the booth bought the tickets then we had to wait in another line um <laughs> because the show was you know we got there early so the show was not ready yet so there was another line of people out there and we had to wait in line for maybe two hours before we got in, but I remember that day was, it was a beautiful day. It was it was sun, no rain, it wasn't very hot. It was in May, because the, the movie came out May 25th. We saw it the Saturday after. Um, and we just went, we just sat in line and just talked and just talked to to other people in line. I remember a guy giving out chipwich sandwiches. Oh my <laughs> you know, God, that's yeah. true, wow. Yeah, I, that's, I, I oh remember all this, you know, yeah. And, you know, then when we finally got into the theater, we sat down, we made sure there were no assigned seats back then, right? So it's like mayhem. Wait, wait, wait hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all didn't have assigned seats? No, they didn't assign well, seats I'm, back then. I'm, no, I'm, so, I, I'm I think... sorry, Prince Keith. You know, back then you, you had to, it was <laughs> no. a scrum. You had to run and grab a seat and then throw yes, you your did. jacket on the seat next to you and tell your friend <laughs> to hurry up and come over. And people would say, move your jacket. I want the center seat. Yes, as exactly. And then what you we would did. have to say no. You yeah, would, you yeah, would fight you to, Well, I'm going we go as far as fighting over a seat. I but mean, I assume you, I assume people were like taking off their slippers and just being like, This is my seat. Yeah. <laughs> you can't imagine. It was yeah, so no assignment. Oh, no, but I can't the doors open, people race right in to get the best seat, and we made sure that we got the center seats and then we were settled in. The crowd was just it was pandemonium. So as soon as, you know, you saw a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then the blast of the music and all of a sudden people started cheering. It was amazing. And then, yeah. yeah. And then the next two hours was just incredible. So I, I will never get that. Ex I would never forget that experience of going to see Return of the Jedi. I don't know if you remember, you know, that experience as much as I do, but that's what I remember. I remember talking about it on the ride home. And jumping around on the on the uh, platform at Forty Second Street, waiting for the the C train to come, uh, imitating the uh, adats, and it just like it, it was it was amazing. And and as you were talking about that experience, I just went back and started thinking about my Empire Strikes Back experience. And I I was not with you guys. Mm -hmm. I was with Earl there as well. We saw that in Brooklyn Heights on a theater that was about the same size as my laptop here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I remember 
I, I just I, I just remember like walking out of that theater with you guys and just being on cloud nine. It was amazing. Looking at that day, you saw the other two movies, so you knew that you know Lucas had to take this over the top. You know, so everything was gonna it's gonna be no holds barred. Um, you're gonna find things that you never saw before, and he didn't disappoint. We the, the expressions on people's um, faces, the comments, um, even down to the critics who couldn't really say anything about it. It was, you know, amazing. And I was always into the, the special effects part of it. I always, you know, the story was great. Um, we, we, we wanted to get the answers to those questions, you know, but I still wanted to see, okay, you know, what new technology was going to come out, what new camera system, because you have to understand, um, we were the type of individuals that um, went to the art high schools and, and art and design in, in New York and, and wanted to I was, study. I was a media major, so I, I, I did yeah. filmmaking for two years. I wanted to study filmmaking, you know, I went to the same school as this guy, yeah. you know, yeah. and we were both studying um, filmmaking. And then, you know, Kerwin, he decided that, okay, his finance high school was not great. He came over after he finished his classes, he came over to Art Design and hung out with us in our filmmaking classes. And, you know, so that's another area that we connected is um, Art and Design. And we, we loved film. And we love, loved love for film. film. And special yeah. effects in particular. Special effects. Back yeah. then, special effects was... Store. Yeah, yeah, going to comic book stores and, and getting the the magazines and seeing how the Cinefix oh, magazine. Oh, come on now, yeah. seeing yeah. how everything was done, you know, yeah. and and just spending hours looking looking that over. So, I still say Return is my my favorite, and my favorite scene is going towards the end. Um, Lando and the group. Of, Fighters are waiting to go into the Death Star to finish off the job, to get the, the nod that the shield is down. Lando and his ships go in. They fight their way to the center. They get to the um, to the reactor. Um, Lando takes those two shots. Boom, boom. You got reactor explodes. He starts to turn to make his way out. You see the big ball of fire. You're like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Then all of a sudden, you just see the tunnel form right back behind him as he goes back through. And I was like, Yeah. That's it. So, you know, shots like that, you know, just amaze us. And seeing that, even as teenagers, just took it over the top. And I love it. Yeah. You know, ILM has been around for so many years, but, um, what they were doing back then, no one has ever done before. You know, now that, you know, I appreciate them so much more, you know, just going back and reading about the things that they had to create from scratch, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, there was just nothing out there. George Lucas just said, well, you know, let's just figure it out. And that's what they did. And, you know, as each movie went along, they just kept getting better and better and better with their visual effects. I mean, it's just... Um, to this day, I mean, it's still incredible what they're doing now with computers, but we didn't have computers back then, uh, Keith. Um, so nothing was done on a computer. You know, it was not computer generated. We didn't have the animation that we had today. It was all models and, and matte paintings, and, you know, and, and oh boy, 
sculptures, you know. No, it, it, that's exactly what it was, you know. Whoa, so, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it was it was stop motion. You uh, but you it didn't was have amazing. computers. <laughs> Why are you trying to make us feel old, Carwin? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually genuinely asking you a question. Like, yeah, no computers. Not well. Not computers that could do what computers do now. Yeah, huh. they you know they didn't really use computers for filmmaking. At the well, time. even in high all, school, we didn't have yeah. access to. I mean, this this thing that we're I doing here. I had elementary school. That one, first grade. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Kerwin, you're officially yeah. old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I mean, but you know, thinking about it, going back 40 years, you know, so it's 40 years. Um, you know, this movie has been out. It's it's legendary. Exactly you know? 40 years, actually, because now it's 2023. Yeah, well, you know, May 25th, 2023 will be 40 years of the release of The Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so. we're going to do something to celebrate. It's yeah, also well, mom's you know. birthday. So <laughs> That's right. Same day. So we got to combine good. our celebrations and do something huge. We'll see. We'll see. I, what I'm hoping is that they will re-release the film. I would and if you go see love the theaters, the and I'll like save my money and buy all the snacks you want. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to go back and see it on the on the big screen again. Come on, yeah, Kerwin, absolutely. make make that live um commitment on television that you're gonna do something big for the birthday. Come on, let's hear it. Yeah, let's yeah. Hear it. come on, Dad. Come on, Dad. Pledge. <laughs> he Hands just did. He said we're going to see Return of the Jedi. Yeah, we have to. You know, <laughs> they have to re-release it. So I, I just can't wait. And I will be, <laughs> and I will be there. Well, come on, you know that Kerwin is going to get the collector's edition and and whatever um, else. Uh, you know, he's going to get us that Dolby surround sound, that, yeah. that huge speaker. He's going to have the he's yeah. going to have Lowe's Astro Plaza rebuilt. Have us in that theater. Teleport us directly to Manhattan. To do that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that theater is no longer around. But yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wish I could go back and bring back the Lowe's Asta Plaza Theater. But, <laughs> but you know, we wonderful. can bring back the popcorn and the chip witches. That's hey. right. We still, yeah, hey. we still have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll buy I'll buy everyone chip witches. That's a good idea. Thank you're you. A, you're a good son. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and you're a good uncle. <laughs> All right, so next question. How has your friendship changed since growing up as kids in Brooklyn? Well, uh, we've all lost our hair. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not able to just like pop over and see each other and, and, you know, run and go see a movie. I mean, in the old days, and I know this is a Star Wars, Star Wars podcast, uh, but this could just have easily have been a James Bond podcast because we were huge Bond fans. Um, I don't know if Erwin is still... Never a, seen a Bond movie. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we tried to see the Bond films on opening day every time there was a new Bond film. And, uh, you know, being able to, you know, say, hey, we're going to run out and go do this. Uh, when you're a kid, that's like, that, that's a blessing. I mean, Keith, if there's anything you should take from this is, you know, Number one, enjoy your youth, uh, make long lasting friendships and, and nurture that bond so that, you know, when somebody calls you 40 years later, you say, yes, I'll do your podcast. Uh, but <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, just being able to jump and do things together is not as, as easy as it used to be because we're in three different places and everyone is juggling work and family and responsibilities. Uh, tr trying to get back to that uh, as we get older, when, you know, we're, we, we started in diapers and we're headed to diapers. And hopefully by the time we're getting, getting closer, we're able to like do stuff together more, maybe go see a movie every once in a while or go back to Canada and see the, old, the next James Bond film. Retrace those steps. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Can I come with you? Uh, no, you're not one of us. <laughs> yes. If I grow bald and get glasses, oh, thank you come. You know what? We'll shave your head. <laughs> Please don't. We'll shave your head and then you can come. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. The last film that the three of us saw together was Skyfall. That was yeah. uh, in 2012. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, over 10 years ago. Yeah, so. And it was a Bond film. How about that? Yeah. yeah, so we we try to keep that tradition, you know, of trying to see all the Bond films, but you know, as much as we could. Um, well, no time yeah, to die already one. came out, and uh, you had no time to watch that movie together. Which one is this? No time. No to time die. to die. You know, actually, well, actually, Chris and I saw that together. No time to die. Yeah, no, the, the three oh. of you. No, you're right. Not the three of us. Right, exactly. Yeah. We got a whole like a watch party over here. You're a little stand-up comedian here. I love this. Oh, he is. Oh, trust me. I, well, I can't. I can't hold a candle to this guy. All I need is a microphone and a nice suit, and you know, there I am. <laughs> all right, be careful because uh, comedians are getting slapped at the award shows now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, ouch. That's right. Ouch. I'm not gonna touch that one. I promise to be good. All right. Good. Yes. Thank you. Let's keep it G. PG. <laughs> PG. Let's, let's keep 13. it PG. All right. No, just kidding. Just PG. I would like to add one thing um, to leave you with also. Oh, boy. Chief. Um, the three of us, we can't leave out the fact that we had very strong um, mothers who helped to direct us that makes four of us yes yeah. and um it was a relationship where it was basically an open door policy growing up where any one of us would be able to go into our friends homes and not get a look like why is he you know your shadow or why is he there they all accepted us um all you know fed us took care of us, um, made sure that we were staying out of trouble. And there, there'll be time memories that I have of going into um, Kerwin's home, smelling um, his mom baking and, you know, preparing um, for dinner and, you know, just lighting up, you know, knowing that there's that, um, you know, piece of cake with my name on it, you know, that I look mm, forward that to. That pound cake is delicious. Oh, it is. Yes. Um, I had quite a, quite, quite a few growing up and, um, you know, well, I know that Miss Petty has some, uh, some, some rice with corn and some uh, Swedish meatballs on the stove right now. And, and Craig, oh. Craig was always welcome, always, you know, being forced something to, to eat. And, and all of us just had that, that, that mother component there. 
And when you say how has things changed as we um, have grown up, one, you know, seeing our parents um, get get older, knowing that now we, in the sense, have become our parents' um, care um, takers um, and givers, even though some of them have reached uh, a level where you know they're not as healthy as um, we would like them to be, the the impact that each one of um, my my adopted mothers have made in my life, you know, will will outlast me and outlast my my um, future generations because I, I can't thank them enough for one bringing in such high quality, you know, sons um, in the world and, and and guiding them, and then adopting me as one of their sons as well. So. Um, I just want to say right now, thank you to, you know, your mom, your moms for who I am. Definitely. You know what you guys remind me of? <laughs> Careful. No, it's a good thing. The Peters, Peter one, Peter two, and Peter three, except there's really no numbers here. Like you're all from different universes. Those being your different families, but you're all the same. Cause you're all best friends. Yeah. And like, you all have one common interest, Star Wars. Yeah. Like, who would have yeah. thought the three of you would become yeah. friends? And you all have so many things that are similar. You have glasses, you have K sounds, or like cut sounds, and your names. You all love Star Wars. Just like, these are the friends I like to have. Like, people like you guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to bust your bubble, but you'll never have friends like us. <laughs> Ouch. You know? I guess if that's I, if I, could, if no, I could say. No. You, you will. You will. Yeah. Well, if I could say one thing um, about our friendship and how it's grown over the years, um, I can count on Chris and Craig to be there for my life changing moments, you know? So, you know, when I got married, uh, when I had my children, um, you know, you know um, I was married twice um, and um, I, you know, had a relationship where, you know, things didn't work out and I remarried your mom. Um, but I had the opportunity to have um, both Chris and, and Craig be my best man. Um, and, and Craig, uh, my best man for uh, my wedding. Um, we also, uh, you know, when we had children, you know, when it was time to um dedicate the babies, you know, with you and, and Maceo, you know, they were there for that as well. Um, so to me, that was very important. That was very important um, to just have them around when I needed them. Yeah, um, even though Craig thought that it was the wrong day and he almost killed me, but finally that worked That finally that worked out. It worked out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I just want to, you know, thank you guys, you know, for you know, just, you know, being there when I needed you. And I, something that I recall that your dad said, Chris, um, we were gathered together, you know, we were celebrating. I don't remember what, I don't recall what it was. So we were celebrating um, and he turned to me, you know, the three of us were there with um, other family members, extended family. And he looked at me, your dad, 
um, and he said, well, how did you three manage to stay friends for so long? And, and I, I shook my head. I never thought of that. The answer to that question, I said, well, you know, I don't know. I, I just, the only thing I could think of at the time is I said, I think we just like each other. You know, there's something that just that simple that, you know, you could have um, people in your family um, who you love, but if you don't like them, you know, it's, it's, it's different. You know, it's, yeah, you have to understand that we're all three different people, but you, you, but you love them for who they are, for how they think, um, for, uh, you know, for, for, for how they, uh, you know, their view on things, their view on, on life, but you also have to like who they are as a person. You know, you like being around them. You like hearing um, their, their thoughts. You like hearing their advice, their conversations. So I, I think that's what it is, you know, that, you know, 40 plus years later, you know, we're still here. You know, we, we genuinely like each other. Can, can you stop saying 40 plus years, please? Okay. All right. Just say, just say it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. All right. So next question. Can you reflect on a specific moment or experience that strengthened your friendship over the past years? Uh, I could think of so many. And, you know, without nailing down any one, I will say that uh, one of the things, and, and this is the springboard off of what both Chris and Kerwin said, is that, you know, it, yes, we like each other. Yes, we love each other. And yes, we've always challenged each other to get better. You know, throughout our entire life, we always talk to each other with love. But, you know, in that moment, we would say, you know, was that or is the choice that you're making the right choice? Is this a good idea? Let me see what you're working on. Maybe I have an idea to, to push it further. Uh, but both Chris and Kerwin were around me during really pivotal moments in my life. You know, there were some, some dark moments in my life where I relied on both of them uh, independently at, at different times to help me get through that moment. And, uh, in only the way that a close friend could. I mean, I could have gone to an elder. I could have gone to, you know, anyone and said, what do you think about this? And they would have said something comforting. But, uh, you know, these guys know uh, how I tick, where I tick. And they were there for me in a way that just really uh, helped me get through that trial, that tribulation, and got me here. I'm going to leave it that vague, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they, they both can think about something like that. Um, yeah. Um, I, you know, you two guys know more about me than my own family members know. You know, I agree with you, Craig. You know, there's some things that you can, you know, um, talk to your, your family members about. I have three older brothers, um, um, you know, a younger sister that, you know, I can talk to about what I'm going through. But you know what? I don't, when I, if I have something that I'm going through, they're not the first people I'm actually uh, considering talking to about it. You know, it's, it's you guys, you know, so 
yeah, we, we just have that special bond. You know, this it's like a brotherhood. It's like we're, we're being brothers. But yeah, um, anything that most of the time that I'm going through or, you know, have a thought about or, you know, thinking about anything that's life changing or, you know, relationships, um, I don't go to my brothers first. I go to you guys, you know, because, you, I mean, you I consider you my brothers, you know, and honestly, that's that's the truth. <laughs> And um, these two um, men, um, they 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 know where all the bodies are buried, you know. In terms of my life, I I I, I cannot take the chance of pissing them off. <laughs> so um, there's been times when you know you confide in people, like you know, Kerwin says, you know, they they're your brothers, and and you say stuff. But you know, there's a limit. You know, I I pour everything out to you know these two, and um, and 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 it's the same way. They'll I've had conversations where you know they're they're saying things and they'll they'll give me and 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 if you say this to anybody else, we're done. And you know, other times you're like, okay, and what? So what? But hearing it from one of these men, you know, that's that's life crushing. You know, that's like that that could never happen. I, I could never take that that risk. So whatever I I know, you know, basically goes to the grave. You guys will have to, you know, reincarnate me, clone me, go into my brain cells in order to get that information because it's not going to come out any other way. And and that's how we wrote. That was that was quite the description. <laughs> um, I don't know how to take that. No, we, <laughs> Keith, you will understand as you get older how important friendships are. You know, um, you you treat your friendship differently than well. You know, when you get older, you know, it'll be different. It'll be quite different. Um, you treat your friendships differently than you treat your your family members' relationships, um, and and that's okay. And that's that's how it's supposed to be. There's some things that you um, rely on telling your family members, and there's some things that you prefer to tell your friends instead of your family members. So that's that's how it is, you know. Um, so of course, you know, we want you and may should be fortunate enough to have friends who you can confide in, who can um, you know. If you say it's a secret, you know, you want to keep it a secret, you know, obviously, um, if it's not, um, you know, anything criminal related. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's, uh, you know, something personal that's that's from the heart that you don't want people to know about, you just want to tell it to one or two particular people that they should, um, um, you know, uh, honor that and, and, and keep it with them, you know. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're going to, you know, it's, it's wonderful to have those kind of friendships, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's what I have with with uh, Chris and Craig. Oh, that's nice. Did you introduce your kids to Star Wars? And if you did, what was the reaction? Kerwin, did you? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I didn't set out to, um, but I, I'll tell you something. So, you know, Lucasfilm Publishing are geniuses. They're publishing team. Um, 
it was not my intention to, to you know, pass on Star Wars to Keith. I, I wanted it to be natural. Like if it was going to happen, you know, I didn't want to force it on him. You know, I like some parents, you know, if they're, you know, sports fans, they want to, you know, force their child to, to follow this team or that team. I, I didn't want to do that. But I was in the bookstore one day and I was just passing. This was right around 2015 when we were um, the sequel trilogy was just about starting up. And, you know, so, of course, you know, the, uh, you know, the Lucasfilm Disney publicity machine was going and I was in the bookstore and I saw these uh, little golden books. And I said, wow, this could be an opportunity to introduce Keith to Star Wars. Yeah. And that's how it happened. So yeah, I brought them home and I asked Tanya, do you think Keith would be interested? And she says, well, just give them the books and, and see what happens. And that's what happened. And is there anything better, you know, after your your son has read these books, there are six books and, you know, is there anything better for your son to come up to you and say to you, dad, I want to watch Star Wars. And you go, really? <laughs> Was that the rock face? Was that your invitation to the rock face? <laughs> and oh, that's why. So I, so I introduced my daughters to Star Wars as well. Um, I had, uh, I owned I don't have them anymore, but I owned the VHS uh, Star Wars box set, the the first trilogy. And, uh, you know, one day I'm cleaning up, going through the closet, and I find this box set. And this is, I don't know, a dozen years ago. My children are older. Uh, they're, they're currently, uh, they're, well, I'm not going to give away their ages, but they're older. Um, and at this time, we had a DVD player in our home. This was before streaming. Go ahead, Keith. What? You didn't have streaming? Uh, Did you have cable, though? <laughs> I don't have cable now. Uh, true story, I don't. But uh, <laughs> but I, I found this box set, and I had to rummage through my basement to find a VHS player. And I found a, B, a VHS player, brought it up, pulled out these cassettes, and I said to my daughters, we're going to watch Star Wars. And they said, I don't want to watch a war. And I said, no, no, this is Star Wars. This is an, an interesting movie about space. Well, I don't care about space. I'm like, well, no, it's it's more about people and the human condition and relationships. And they're like, sounds boring. Uh, and I connected the VHS player to my television. And I put in the first cassette. And of course, it's fuzzy. It's like out of focus. It, it, it's not really engaging. They fell asleep. I had the time of my life, by the way, watching those three three uh, films. It was a one Saturday afternoon, watching those three films while they slept. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how that went. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I didn't uh, make that a attempt. My. My um, attention drifted towards um, anime, and I was into like Dragon Ball Z for a while and different things. And then I guess my kids got the, um, the anime bug, and now they're really deep into um, all the different cartoons and the uh, manga um, books and and into K-pop now, and they go to the concerts and for K-pop, and they're studying um, different languages in terms of the Japanese that so they can understand it better. So 
they were on um, totally a, a different level than than what I expected. But Corwin and I, we grew up having this um, um, love of well, him ten times more than me, but of the the soundtrack for the movies and you know getting the entire score and and the albums and so um i was just um playing throughout the the soundtrack and he, he heard um one of um my my daughters heard the the, the like um the Kerwin said that the thunderous um, beginning of the Star Wars logo and the music um, thing, and we're very, um, you know, we get all caught up in the moment. So I'm just dancing around and 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 to to the whole theme song, and she's looking at me and it's like, what is you know what is Dad's problem? And I was like, this is Star Wars. This is you know everything that music is supposed to be. This is you know the the everything that that a, a, a adventure is supposed to have in a movie. And she was like, okay. So next thing you know, he came back um, a little later, um, maybe two months ago, and said, oh, I, I saw Star Wars. Pretty pretty good. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that's an accomplishment. I'll take that. I'll take that. So that was the start for their connection with Star Wars. All right. Can you discuss the ways in which your love of Star Wars has affected your view of the world and has influenced your life decisions? I'll let Chris take that one. Y'all letting Uncle Chris take all the hits. <laughs> Um, in terms of um, the world and and the decisions, um, it's 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 the basic hero's journey. It goes back to that pivotal, you know, point of a young man um, wanting more, wanting to to escape the boundaries and the confines that um, you know he was surrounded by. And I believe so many of the young people today are experiencing that in whatever reason, whether it's their gender, whether it's in their race, whether it's in their, you know, longing for more, ed better education. And when you're able to have, like we mentioned, um, elders who are available to help you in your journey, um, your mom, your parents who only want the best for you. But Star Wars is that that little nod, that little nudge that says that you can, you know, obtain more. You know, there is more for you out there. You just have to get rid of your fear, you know, take the chance, take that leap of faith, surround yourself with good people, surround yourself with the technology, surround yourself with that inner love, that self-love that you sh everyone should have for themselves and just go for it. There, you know, the world is changing. Um, there's so many bad topics, bad news headlines, but basically there is good within all of us. Um, I believe that. And if we are acknowledging us as a human race of being better, of becoming better, 
then I think Star Wars is a great example of what we can live by. Just strive to be more. Yeah. Um, what Star Wars boils down to is about family. It's a story about family. And, you know, Keith, you know, you and I have talked about this before, about um, not just your immediate family, but your extended family. And your extended family can be, you know, your friends can be a part of your extended family. But it's about um, coming together to show um, solidarity, um, to, um, to understand um, what's right from what's wrong. And if you see something that's wrong, you try to change it. Um, sometimes, you know, you may not know how to change it, but you may have people in your life who can help you, you know? So to me, it was always about, um, you know, these bands of rebels, you know, who were, you know, considered nobodies trying to outsmart this, uh, this huge galactic empire, you know, like, how is that possible? You know, this oppression that goes on um, in Star Wars, you know, how can these little people take down such a, an entire oppressive operation? Are you and, talking about St. Thomas Church? No, well, not talking about that church. No, no, I'm no. Oh, there, I always say there's two things that Star Wars does very well. It's religion and politics. Um, for me, for um, as I get older, I start to realize how important it is to believe in something that you don't see. Um, you know, when I go back now, you know, for, for a very long time, Return of the Jedi was my favorite uh, Star Wars film. But now, uh, recently, I would say maybe in the last seven, eight years, I've gone back and watched The Empire Strikes Back. And the more I get out of that, um, it, it helps me to understand what Yoda was telling Luke about believing in something that you don't see. You know, Luke didn't have that leap of faith. He didn't have that. Um, he didn't believe in himself. Um, he, he, he was, you know, he's a, he's a learner, but you know, his heart just wasn't in it because he just didn't understand it and he didn't believe in it. And then, you know, when, you know, uh, Yoda tried to explain to him that, you know, you know, the force is not, is, is, the force is, you know, it's not just this crude matter. It's not this body. It's more spiritual, right? It's, you know, you see it in the trees, the rocks. It's everywhere, you know. Um, so, you know, that scene, obviously, you know, when Luke tries to lift the ship out of the swamp and he can't do it. And, you know, and he says it's too hard, you know. Yoda had to take him to church, you know, when he was, you know, preaching, you know, it, it just reminded me of the preachers that I used to, uh, sermons that I listened to when I was, you know, attending church, um, you know, just trying to understand what believing is, you know, what belief is. Um, and then, you know, of course, we know that Luke had to see it for himself and Yoda lift the ship on his own using the force. Um, and then when he says, well, you know, you couldn't believe it. And you would have said, well, that is why you failed. So it's about believing in something that, you know, you can't see. You know, you're just having that leap of faith that you can do anything you want to do if you just put your mind to it. And the other thing, too, is politics. I mean, you know, we could spend two hours just talking about our political system. Um, and it is just so reminiscent of what we've seen in um, the current Star Wars films, what we're seeing now in, in, in the series about, 
you know, you have to be very careful as to who you put in political power because um, they may have an agenda, you know, and the agenda may be that, you know, it's not to serve the people, it's not to serve the, 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 the government, it's not to serve the republic, it's to serve themselves. And what happens when you put somebody in there who is there to just serve themselves and the, 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 the harm that it causes so many people, so many lives, and that's the basis of why there's a rebellion in the first place. So yeah, as, as I get old, I begin, I begin to understand more about what Star Wars has been trying to say since you know, George Lucas wrote it in 1977 and, and, you know, these creators are saying the same thing 40 years later. So what do you see happening in Star Wars in the next 10 years? Um, I can, I can start. I, I'm, I would, I want to see more diversity, and I think Star Wars is is on their way there. Um, Star Wars needs well. Star Wars has always represented um, people people of different races, of different cultures, different species. So you know, because it, it represents who we are, people of different cultures and different races. So uh, we need to continue to represent, um, and you know, we're, we're on the, the right path right now. So I'm glad to see more people of color. Uh, in Star Wars, you know, um, and and not just you know being on the screen, but taking leads, um, lead roles in screens, you know, like Andor, Mandalorian, you know. So um, especially about the the further promoting diversity thing, like what exactly. steps do you think they should take to further promote diversity in that sense? Well, what steps they should take? Yeah, yeah just um, allow um, you know people of color to take on more lead roles, you know, uh, like they're doing with um, with Diego Luna um, and, you know, with Rosario Dawson, you know, just bringing in um, a, a Pedro Pascal, just bringing in uh, more people of color. Um, because I, you know, I, I feel that in my opinion, you know, Star Wars, you know, represents a small number of minority fans. And I think they can grow that base a little bit more if, you know, we see more people that look like us on the screen, right? right especially because, with Finn. He just, he just gets severely yeah. sidetracked. Right. He's like a great character, set up for greatness, and then all of a sudden they kind of just pushed him out the way. Exactly, exactly right. And I, I, I think there's a lesson learned from from how that was handled. Um, and I don't think, I, I don't see them making that kind of mistake again uh, with a character like Finn. Because of the backlash from it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So I, I you know, I, I do believe there's going to be um, more representation, um, better stories. Um, you know, I don't know if, you know, you guys have seen Andor, but Andor was, you know, to me, you know, the, the best of television great. of last year. Um, so we just need to have more storytellers um, who can, you know, really bring um, a reality, more of a reality to, to Star Wars and, you know, incorporate what we see in our lives into Star Wars and say, wow, okay, this looks familiar. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in it, you know, I'm, I'm drawn in, you know, so, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, Star Wars is, is, is going in the right direction. I just want them to keep up with bringing in more representation. That's what I see in 10 years. 
Well said. Okay, and my last question is to talk about the things you've done to help maintain and strengthen your friendship over the years. Like, what advice do you have for people who would like to do the same thing? Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in here and, and give a shout out to somebody who's behind the camera. Uh, and I'll say that, you know, even as time went on and we started to move to different places and do different things, uh, and we tried to get back together, but, you know, as I said earlier, sometimes work, sometimes, you know, family gets in the way and you're like, well, I'll, I'll get, I'll get to it. I found that Kerwin is the connective tissue in my relationship with Kerwin, uh, because she will push us to spend time together. You know, she <laughs> call me up and say, come out here. We're having a, a an event for Kerwin. She will make sure he stops by, uh, you know, I still live in Brooklyn with Curran's family. And, you know, she'll make sure that when they visit Brooklyn, and, and I'm sure Curran wants to as well, they stop by and see me before uh, they leave. So, like, his wife is really, you know, finding a, a, a good woman is definitely a part of it for us. Um, but, you know, being able to have, you know, that relationship uh strengthened and fostered from without as well was also uh important and and my wife loves both of these guys and you know it, it's always like sort of helped us to maintain this this relationship because uh you know Curran's wife has been so supportive uh and then just being able to spend time with these guys it's amazing for me and um just knowing in terms of giving advice, know that um, not everyone in your circle has to be exactly like you. Because um, that'd be boring. Exactly. Um, we don't need to have a world full of um, clones that um, speak the same, walk the same, think the same. Knowing that we are very close, but um, still have great and unique um, personalities and the way of thinking. Um, nourish that. Um, let that um, be something that you want to um, grow and um, accept the person for, for who they are. As um, Craig mentioned, if there is a, um, um, a beat that's off, um, be willing to be that friend that says, listen, you know, maybe this is the wrong move. Maybe this is not right, but let that individual grow on their, on their own and be a part of that growth. And once you are able to do that, um, the sky's the limit. There's, there's no stopping the, the circle that you're, you're building. Um, there's no breaking um, that ring. You guys are, are strong. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly you don't you absolutely don't want someone who always in agreement with you. Um you don't want someone to think like you or like the same things you do. That is boring. You're right. Um you don't want a friend to say, "Yeah, you know, what you're doing is right when you're not doing things right." You really want someone to, you know, someone has to call you to the mat 
in a nice way. You know, they don't have to put you down, but they can say, well, you know, um, did you think this out? Uh, you know, is this the, the right thing to do? What about this? You know, you know, think of maybe a different scenario before you make that decision. You know, that's who you want, you know, um, and you don't know who your friends are going to be. Right. So you're not going to say you can't look at a person and say, hey, he makes a good friend. Oh, she's a good friend. Oh, not her, not him. You don't know. You know, you, you have no idea. Um, yeah. So um, there's a quote from Star Wars that says, embrace others for their differences. For that is what makes you whole, right? So you definitely want to find you. You definitely want to find people who uh, think differently than you do because you. That's how you learn. You know, you you look at things. You you're you're looking at um, you know people talking to you from different opinions. You know, from different perspectives. I think that helps you to grow as a person. So. I would say that's what you're looking for in in friendship. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. I gotta say, I think this is one our longest episode, and two our sweetest because y'all are my uncles and dad. You know, you're my dad, and I love you guys. Like you're some of the best family I could ask for, and I've got some of the best friends as well. Like, I just gotta say, this has been an episode we've been trying to make for over a year now. And it's finally happening. And yeah. also, I get the cool AV headset now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. just to have, just to have all the family on this one episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and so. you know, as you know, as far as having, um, you know, um, being a father, um, we want the best for our children. You know, like every generation says, they want to have. Uh, their children have more or better than what you know they had, you know, and it, it's it's true, you know. So I am, um, you know, I'm sure I, we could speak for the dads here that you know we are so proud of our children, um, and we want only the best for you. The sky is the limit. Um, there is no job if I can think of in this world where we're going to say that you can't be this, you can't be that. I, I don't see it. Um, so, you know, just continue to, um, continue to explore, you know, and, and enjoy life, explore, find the thing you like, um, who want the best for you, who want to see you succeed and just you need to, um, you know, surround yourself with, you know, um, so, so thank you, Keith. And thank you, Tanya, for putting this together. This was wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. So, how would you like us to sign off? Hang on. Well, you can find us. All right. So, ask, uncle, ask your uncles where can everybody find y'all, and then tell everybody where you can find us. All right. Well, the producers just barged into my apartment with with answers. So here we go. Uh, uncle Chris, where can people find you? Um, you can look for me on my YouTube site at World Famous Christmas TV Movies, where I have also a TV show and podcasts, and we'll be starting full production of our shows next month. Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll go, I'll go yeah, I, I don't know that you want to find me, but if you look for me, you could find me at uh, Craig's Gist on Instagram. That's Craig's dot Gist on Instagram. 
oh, thank goodness it's not Craigslist. All right. And then going, <laughs> going in alphabetical order to my yeah. dad. We already know where we can find you, I think. Yeah. So you want yeah. to wrap up together or do you want me to do it? No, you go ahead and wrap it up the way you do. You know, uh, tell everyone where you can find us. All right. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our socials Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram mm-hmm. at Father Said Galaxy. Our website is FatherSaidGalaxy.com. Our merch store is FatherSaidGalaxy.MySpreadShop.com. We have a whole bunch of fun merch, sweatshirts, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, thermoses. So just check that out and check out our speaker page as well. Craig and Chris, you 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 guys mean the world to me. I love you, you know. So thank you so much for for joining us and thank you for um thank you for 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 the memories, the good memories. So, you know, yes, we definitely need to continue to talk and get together even if we're not in the same room. We'll just keep the conversation going. Oh, no problem. Tanya already paid me for my time, so I You got a check? (laughs) I didn't get my check said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Must have been a billing and payments error. (laughs) I'll take it up with HR. Yeah, we'll take it up with HR, you know. (laughs) All right, so Keith, you ready to sign off? So we'll say thank you, everyone, for joining us. So until next time, take care. And we will see you you again. All right. Thank you, guys.